Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. Welcome, everybody. And uh, today's topic, we're just going to get right into it. Uh, get your grip strength on, right? Grip strength is pretty important. But it's extremely underrated uh, in our industry. Most people want to talk about hypertrophy, strength, overall gains. Yeah, I mean, this is something that I'm really passionate about because of, well, climbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know growing up, you know, I was a big fan of Bruce Lee and, you know, I saw that he trained his grip, your grip, you know, that ties into your wrist. You know, if you have strong grip strength, you can create tension all the way up the chain so you can punch harder. You can swing faster. Mm-hmm. You usually see three different types of grip strength talked about. You have your crush grip strength, which is if you take a can and you crush it with your hand, holding a barbell, hanging from rings, those are gri- those are crush strength, right? Yeah, holding onto a rope. Yeah, gr- yeah, climbing a rope that requires grip strength where you're pushing, you're gripping against the pom- fingers to the palm. Uh, the second variation that you have is your support strength, uh, much more endurance-based. So for people like to do farmer's carries, uh, how long can you hold on to a weight as you're carrying it and, and walking around with it? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a heavy load. No, I mean, think about, you know, carrying your groceries mm-hmm. to the car. You park far away. Right. You, know, you could consider that support strength. And let's be honest, as dudes, don't act like we don't try to get all the groceries in one hand. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if you got 15 bags of groceries, you're like, oh, I can get all these on one freaking hand <laughs> we've all tried <laughs> as long as you have strong bags man as long as you have strong bags right yeah, yeah. true true but yeah you I, I do it all like i used to do it all the time i'd be like oh i can get all these in one hand for sure and yeah. then the last one that you have is your pinch strength right so yep. uh especially for rock climbers pinch like when you got me into rock climbing holy shamo oh my god i was like what is that that pinch strength is nothing is something i just had no access to and my brain was all like on fire when it came to understanding what what pinch strength was. Yeah, with pinch strength, you know, you're really using that thumb, mm-hmm. and you're you're training the extensors of your forearms there, and and there there I don't know, there's not a lot of things that you can do to recreate that. Yeah, I think a lot. You know, most people you'll see them doing, you know, they're pinching the the dumbbells, the plates, and they're doing farmers carries just using pinch strength that way. Yeah, that'll work too because yeah. you can get pretty heavy with the plates. But uh, you know, mostly you get a lot of that when you start climbing. Yeah, I mean when you're doing climbing. Uh, I guess the other the other grip we didn't really talk about is you know your open hand strength too. Right. Yeah, right. because that's well, I think when we look at scholastic uh, articles about grip strength, they don't they don't talk about that. No, they they're don't. talking the, mostly about holding things. Holding things, but they don't talk about opening. Or, right? or holding, um, you know, like things in the gym, basically. But with open hand strength, you're looking at, hey, if I'm if I'm wrestling, right, I'm, I'm holding someone's neck, right. my hand's open, and now that's involving my wrist. If I'm carrying a stone or I'm lifting up a big sandbag, you got to have open hands, right. and that's going to go into your wrists. Um, or an open hand could be just hanging off your fingertips. Right, yeah. It's like even just taking something like nowadays in the gym, everything has handles, right? It's kind of funny when you take a client, you say, okay, lift that object, but you can't use the handles. They kind of freak out. Yeah, they're like, wait, huh? Right? They're like, well, then what? And they don't understand how to access that open hand strength. 
they don't know they don't understand compression and how to get that how that hand connects to the whole entire arm line uh so you do see that that uh look of trepidation like oh how do i do that then right uh, especially with sandbags especially with sandbags when you gotta use that open hand strength and compress and the sand can move under the hand then you gotta adjust to all that yeah and you know if you don't if you don't maximize your grip strength your your upper body will never be as strong as it could be but a lot of times you see people deadlifting with straps hey look if you deadlift with straps and you're lifting triple your body weight awesome i get it i totally understand but if you're just you know, you're deadlifting, I don't know, let's just say half your body weight or even your body weight and you need straps. It's like, you know what? I think you need to work on your grip. For sure. Because you yeah. should be able to hold yourself up on a pull-up bar. You shouldn't need straps to help you. Yeah. Plus, if, you, if you're always training the straps, you're, you're not strengthening the connective tissues. Which is a big deal. Yeah. And, and there's so much connective tissue in the wrist and in the hand. I mean, when you look at the wrist complex and you look at all the connective tissue that's in there, uh, you really start to understand the importance of, of making sure that the that, that connective tissue is extremely resilient. Um, and I think for me personally, besides getting me into the climbing that you did years ago, uh, the other thing too is that carryover when I got more back into parallel work. Uh, understanding, man, the harder I could squeeze those parallettes, you can just feel that increased tension and access to the arm line all the way up into the lats through the shoulders. And so that was incredible when understanding, okay, if I need to access more strength into my core through my arm lines, then I have to grip harder. I have to be able to corkscrew those hands and, and the shoulders, right? Yep. So that was a big, that was a big, uh, the feeling of, of understanding that and getting that feel is really beneficial for me. And it made, it made doing parallel work much easier. Yeah. Much, much easier. So. Yeah. And, you know, so if, if you do have access to a rock climbing gym or can go rock climbing, I would say that's the absolute best way to train your grip. But, you know, not everyone wants to climb. No, because um, some people have just, afraid of heights. Yeah. They just yeah. don't care to do that activity. Yeah. So you know, what are the best ways and most efficient ways to train these types of grips? Um, you know, for your, for your crush grip and your support grip, you know, I'd say you could do old deadlifts are great. Um, or kettlebell swings, mm-hmm. one arm kettlebell swings, because that, that kettlebell swing, you have to deal with that dynamic load at the very bottom and that change in direction. And that's not something you typically get, you know, just, just walking around with weights. Um, you get in climbing, but I would say, yeah, that's probably the most efficient way. And it's, it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. It's what's interesting too. Like when you just talked about climbing, the benefits of it, what I think is interesting is seeing that innate ability in, in, in younger, in uh, children, infants, right? So we've seen at the gym, especially when when new parents bring in their children, what about a year and a half, even two years old, and they put them on a they put that child on a wall, and the child just boom, just takes right to it. Oh yeah, my, my daughter climbs everything at the house. She'll hang on the sink, hang on the dinner table, anything she can do. She'll you know she doesn't even use her crib anymore because she climbs out of it. She'll climb in it, climb out. Right. It's like all right, we got to get rid of this. What uh, I was listening to um, Tim Anderson and the original Strength Podcast, and they were talking about hanging and the benefits of hanging. And it was interesting. He brought up the uh, 
there's a there was a early 19th century uh, London-based surgeon, uh, Doctor Lewis Robinson, and what he did is he actually tested 60 infants uh-huh. of all different variation varying ages, every uh, from just a few hours old up to three to four weeks old, and so he was with the exception that he said in, in and I actually looked if you go to uh, there's a website that was based out of New Zealand. I think it was called Old Papers. Uh, it's based out of it's a New Zealand website, but they actually had the article that was printed in the newspaper. And so he said in the article that only two of the infants didn't have the ability to hang for at least ten seconds, upwards of a minute. Yeah. And the longest they I believe the article said was about a minute and a half. And so we're talking about a, a baby that was literally just born less than three hours. And then as soon as they put a stick in that baby's hand, the, the, that reflex to grab, and then they pick the baby up. And you can see the old images. There's actually photos of it. Oh, that's cool. I got to yeah. check that out. And uh, so it's it's pretty interesting to see. It's an innate thing, climbing. And it goes back to uh, some people talk about the our connection to primates. And so as, as, as monkeys are born, they have to be able to hang on to their mother during locomotion, right? So they have to be able to grab onto the fur and the skin of their parents so that that way they don't get left behind. So there is that, they're just born with that automatic reflex to grab and to hold on. So it is an innate thing. And as parents, I think we're fearful of children falling. Right. So that I mean, it's that protective instinct to like not let our children get hurt. Uh, But at the same time, you know, we talk about crawling as a developmental pattern and then climbing is literally just a vertical version of crawl pattern. Yeah, that's all it is. Right. A lot more strength involved. You got gravity pulling on you from a different from a different vector. Uh, So it's a it's hugely beneficial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and climbing is just it's so much more complex. Than just crawling. Oh, so much more, right? right? Yeah. The understanding where to push, where to pull, uh, foot, uh, where to place your appendages, right? Where to place the hands, where to place the feet. Uh, we've looked at images, and and we we show it in our PowerPoint presentations. Uh, images of children climbing and the looks on their faces. You can see they're really in tune. They're in the moment. There's no distraction. They're fully engaged in what they're doing. So you'll see them either biting their lips or they're licking their lips. And, and you can tell the central nervous system is just totally keyed in on that task at hand, right? So whether you call it flow state or whatever you want to call it, they're fully engaged. There's no disconnect at all, right? Yeah. I think the other thing too that we what we referred to as far as the benefits of grip strength is the 2015 study that was released in the Lancet uh, with the grip strength uh, and the benefits of it. And it's it's not a small study. It was a study of 140,000 people across 17 different countries uh, of varying economic backgrounds. So it wasn't just elite status or, or poor status, middle class. It was all different variations of, of the financial background. And they were showing at the end of the study, which was four years, right? So they tested the grip strength of the, of the subjects, and then they factored, and then they continued to monitor that. And over the four years, then they figured out, I believe the death rate was 2%. 
Over the four years, I think the study said there was 2% of the participants had passed away, but then they showed a clear uh, correlation between improved grip strength and the decrease of cardiovascular disease. And I think the age range was what, like 35 to 70? So yes. it was a pretty broad yeah. age range there. Exactly. You know, so it's kind of, we joke around sometimes, you know, that you you kind of don't understand or you, you kind of trivialize grip strength until you're hanging off a ledge. And then you're kind of like, oh, shit, that's kind of important, right? Uh, you know, it's it's an extreme case. But think about if... That's you, the first thing that, that'll go. It's the first thing that's yeah. going to go, right? You know, we kind of joke about it and we see it in movies and television, you know, Captain America hanging off, you know, the helicopter holding on to Bucky or somebody else, right? And, you know, we, we glorify it as just movie stuff, but... Let's say you're hanging from a tree branch, right? You slip and fall. Uh, let's say you're 20 feet up or whatever, uh, and, and you need help, right? Somebody's got to help, or you have to have that ability to hold on. Do you have Do you have the ability to hold on for a minute to a minute and a half till somebody comes along and helps you out, or are you going to fall within 10, 15 seconds? Right? Yeah. And Dan John talks about hanging, right? I mean, he's talked about it for years. Do you have the ability just to hang? Do you have the support grip just to, and the endurance to be able to just hang from a bar, hang from rings, hang from a tree branch? Uh, and I think that's uh, widely, widely underestimated in the benefits of that. Strong arm lines. Yeah. Uh, huge, it's very crucial. It's very important. And we talk about the imbalances between your elbow flexors, right? Yeah, and extensors. And there. extensors. And so we have a lot of people with elbow issues. And what is clinically what are most people told to do when they have like elbow issues? You just well, you take some Advil first, right? And then you just put a little wrap around it. Yeah, put some compression yeah. on it. We'll do some massage, stretch it out. But well, I don't think clinically we well we, we know clinically not a lot of people are told to strengthen their grip. Yeah, and handle yeah, just cr- take care of the pain through load. Load, right? Right. Um, and that's where the the pinch grip training comes in um, because, you know, you're most of the time you're training your elbow flexor so much. With the pinch grip training, your thumb's working real hard, but your wrist is in an, in an extended position. So if you get a wide enough pinch, you know, you're isometrically holding whatever this block or this weight um, and your extensors are working real hard. So I know for myself, you know, with, with the climbing um, – you know, adding in extra pinch grip training is was huge for my elbows. Mm, interesting. I think what's uh well, it's kind of the other thing too is like we love American Ninja Warrior, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's gaining a lot of popularity. Obstacle course racing. I think it's inter- I, I always get a kick out of when the people come on, especially newbies that have never run the course. And they're like, oh, I do all this. I'm, you know, I'm super strong at this and this, and I'm gonna kill this course, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna climb uh, Mount Midoriyama. And you're like, mm, are you really? Because I don't <laughs> see anything rock climbing wise or grip strength wise in your training when they're showing the videos. And uh, they've had a couple of Olympic athletes on there, and I think the Olympic athletes are always the best because they're like, oh, I'm gonna crush this. I'm a sprinter. I'm a blah blah blah. Or even like, gymnasts. Or gymnasts, yeah. right? And you're like. Yeah, I don't really know about that, you know? I mean, the only two people that have accomplished the whole thing are rock climbers. Climbers, yeah. You know, Jeff Brighton and uh, 
uh, Isaac Caldieri, right? Yeah, uh, they're the only two that have that have conquered it. Yeah, it's because in climbing the the variation of grips you get, you know, you just it's hard to recreate that oh, with other time. training, big time, right? Because right? you're doing pinch grip, you're doing open hand, you're doing you know closed, you're doing crush grip. Sometimes you got you're using your fingertips. Sometimes your fingertips are spread out. You know, just the the variability um, and then the dynamic loading, the isometrics that you're doing, uh, it, you just you don't really get that anywhere else. No, no, not at all. You know, uh, and those are things that we used to get doing what manual labor. Yeah, which a lot of people don't do anymore. You know, thing of manual labor is just it's technology has allowed us to get away from doing a lot of those things. And, uh, you know, technology has got huge benefits, but at the same time, it's got some, a lot of downsides to it, especially from a movement standpoint. So, you know, the things that we used to do, uh, went through gardening, uh, household chores, things that required these different hand positions and grip positions. Uh, they're, they're just not, they're non-existent nowadays. Right. Yeah, and then, you know, manually, well, I mean, power tools are way more efficient, and I'd definitely rather use a power tool. Oh, for sure. Than for a wrench. sure. Oh, yes. You know, it just saves way more time. Yeah. But people were, before power tools, I mean, creating all that torque and the wrist and elbow, your hands got really strong. Yeah, big time, right? It's kind of funny. Like, if you, have, if you really want to test your grip strength, carry your mattress around. Oh, yeah, man. Right? I mean, think... <laughs> That's a son of a bitch to to carry a mattress around. I always joke with people. I'm like, you want to train grip strength? Just buy a mattress and carry that around for a while. You know, it's, they're hard to manipulate. They they didn't put the handles conveniently where they uh, they honestly should be. Right? Well, and plus the the handles rip, right? Yeah. And so plus the mattress is flopping all over the place, right? So you have to really learn how to manipulate that load with your hands. You know, that's where it that's where it's accessed from. Um, one of my favorite new drills to do with clients is is using kettlebells without the handles, right? So whether it's it's so because I need them to be open hand, I want to teach them how to be able to really compress and squeeze that kettlebell, and then that they can pick it up from that way. Uh, so that's a that's one of my favorite new things to to have clients do, uh, and it really gets everything locked in. Oh, that's that uh, Street Fighter fireball looking drill. Fireball looking yeah. drill, right? I actually tried uh, this past weekend. I tried lifting the uh, what the forty-eight kilo. Yeah, dude, I got about halfway up, and my grip was all like, "Nope, nope. sorry." Ain't gonna, ain't gonna. So that's my new thing now. I'm like, "Damn it, I gotta try to get that every it's day. Fun. Pick it up every day." Yeah, like the thirty-six kg was no problem. Like thirty-six kg, two reps, I was good. But then just bumping up to that forty-eight. Just that little bit, you know, it's 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 not a little bit. I mean, it's yeah. significant weight change. But, man, just holy crap. Like, it was compression. And not scooping, folks. We're not talking about the fingers underneath. We're not cradling the, the kettlebell. I'm talking about straight compression where the hands are open along the sides of the kettlebell. And just compressing it, not making any contact with the handles. And, yeah, that 48 kg was a beast. Oh, I think slippery, too. Right? Yeah, which requires you to really lock in a little bit more so that's interesting uh one of the some of the other things too is we talked about uh, i looked at if you go to setforset.com they have a great little thing where it talks about the benefits of grip strength is you number one you increase your bone density and then you increase your muscle strength 
you increase the strength of the connective tissues. And as a result of that, you reduce your risk of injury, you know, and, and once you, and you never really understand the full value of a part of your body until you don't have use of it. I think that's what's interesting about people. We take what we have for granted until we don't have access to it. And then we realize, oh, shit, this is pretty important to have. Oh, yeah, man. You know, when somebody doesn't have use of the hand or they have a wrist injury, then they start or they should at least have that moment or that epiphany where they're like, oh, crap, this is really vital to me, to my everyday life. Just everything that I want to be able to do, right? Yeah, not even from a working out standpoint, just anything. Just anything, right? right? Like you just you just had uh, that that procedure done on your hand. Oh man, so yeah, the hemangioma. So for people that don't don't know hemangioma, I thought it was a cyst. So on my left hand, at the base of the middle finger, uh, yes, it was probably an overuse injury. So, but at the base <laughs> of the middle finger. Uh, I had this cyst. And so it was like four years I had this thing. Because honestly, I just, it didn't bother me. So I just was like, eh. And I had a couple doctors that I went to when I first developed it. And they just wanted to try to drain it. And so I kind of got frustrated at their approach. I was like, ugh, just take it out, right? So then I just left it alone. And then uh, it wasn't decreasing the size. It was only going to get a little bit bigger. So then it started getting a little bit bigger. And then what happened was it started to reduce my ability to do simple things like single arm hangs were painful just because of the location of where that thing was located. Uh, overhead snatches with kettlebells, couldn't do those anymore. So I finally decided to get that done. And so the doctor, went, I went down to L.A., Dr. Stephen Shin, he took it out said it's a hemangioma, which is a cluster of excess blood cells, uh, blood uh, blood vessels. He goes, and so I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, so I looked it up, and yes, it's something that normally takes place in infants. Okay. And it usually goes away. Uh, so yeah, I got it at the age of 43, and it didn't go away. It's, the body just works in weird ways. But when I had that taken out, man, let me tell you, it's been so nice. Like that first time I finally got to go back to doing overhead snatches with kettlebells, I was like, oh my God, it felt so good. Probably right? just being able to swing on the, on the you know, pull a bar or swing oh, on the rings. Or, right. And you haven't climbed in a while because of it too, right? Yeah, because it was. It was getting in the way of climbing because I would keep hitting it on, I would hit it on holds. And yeah, when you hit it and you make impact, it's not comfortable by any means. So, men- so mentally, you're just like, Dude, I'm, I, uh, I don't want to f- keep feeling that. So you kind of get away from doing stuff that you want to do because you just don't want to avoid. You want to avoid just keep hitting it. So it's been, uh, it's been really beneficial. I had that done just a few months, a couple months ago. So it's uh, the heel, the hand is all healed up. You can barely even tell that I had it. But man, what a huge benefit that that's been getting rid of that, uh, and it's really helped uh, liberate me, so so to speak, in a way. Because now, yeah, going back onto the rings, even that first time doing a single arm hang on the rings, I was like, oh my goodness, pain-free, comfortable. I mean, granted, I could only hang for like 10 seconds because like I haven't done Trained it so in a long. while. Yeah. I was just like, holy crap. My arm was like, what, what the hell are you doing, dude? So yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was great. So those are little things that when you don't have use of a certain part of your body, 
then you start to really find out the impact that it has overall through the whole entire system. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about why grip strength is so important as we age. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Everyone likes, you know, if you have a jar and you want to open it up, you got to have grip strength, right? Yep. I mean, the joke has kind of always been, like, especially as you get older, those, and, and, and as we get older, we take more medicines, right? Doctors prescribe pills. And what's the joke always been? These are childproof caps on these pills, right? No, they're adult-proof caps. Like, nobody can push down and turn and hold the bottle. So so you got to have grip strength to be able to hold the bottle, push down and turn with the other hand. And so that requires crush strength on one hand, right? Yep. And then finger strength on the other. So yeah, you got finger your and pinch. wrist strength. There. Yeah, you got your pinch on one hand, and then on the other you got your crush grip. So you have both working simultaneously together. So that's one of the biggest, so that's one thing that you would want to have as you get older, you know? Yeah, you know, the ability to carry things or if you do fall down, being able to pull yourself up. Right. I mean, that's a big thing right there. Can you pull yourself up? Can you can you handle your body weight? Yeah. And I think and like we just a little earlier with the stronger bones, right? Yep. The better your and the and the stronger connective tissue, if you do fall and you and most your natural instinct is to put your arms out. You know, to brace yourself with the impact of the ground. Uh, when that happens, things things can break. Your bones can break. Connective tissue can can be injured. But if you are resilient enough in those areas, can you reduce the severity of the injury? Yeah. Right. Uh, if it does happen, do you reduce the severity? And in return, then do you heal quicker? Right is the healing, is the recovery process shorter than most people's. And I think that's something that we want to see, that, we, that we're after as we age. So Because falling is a serious uh, thing that as we age is, is much more common. So those are some of the reasons why we think you just definitely need to start looking into doing some more grip strength training. Uh, in one of our follow-up episode, uh, episodes, we're going to talk about brachiation or locomotion through swinging which of course is going to start with your grip strength. So we'll talk later on in a future podcast about that. But for right now, we just want to discuss grip, the different types of grip and the benefits uh, of understanding what uh, they'll bring to your overall health and wellness and then uh, how to train them. Yeah. So do you, um, do you have a, let's see, what are your top, top exercises to train each grip here you know, just keep it simple you're the first one that comes to your mind so let's just say for the crush grip you know what would you tell someone what's the most simple thing that they could do sometimes just making a fist it's crush it's crush right yeah it, 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 because you don't need anything it's just you all right just make a fist throughout the day and you can just start to amplify how hard you're cr- you're making that grip right yeah and I, we see a lot of times when people do grip, when they when you tell them to make a fist, you ever notice there a lot of people, their thumbs aren't engaged? I, I've been noticing that more, especially in older population. Oh, really? They don't engage the thumb. They just take their four fingers and drive them into their palms. And I'm like, you're not hitchhiking. Get that thumb engaged, right? And that all that soft tissue at the base of the thumb 
uh, in people that, uh, especially the older demographic that don't have grip strength, that tissue right there at the base of the thumb is really pretty much non-existent. I mean, you see it, it's so atrophied. They just don't have, they don't, they've never worked on it or they stopped working on it a long time ago. And so no matter what the age, we try to get them to reinstitute even in little doses, you know. Uh, I think one of the things too is how often should we train this grip strength type of stuff? I mean, you can train grip just about every day. Right. Yeah. It, it a lot of it comes down to the intensity yeah and the duration uh no understanding the volume uh, of of your training protocols not giving too much yeah and then the type right so if you do max crush grip strength one day maybe the next day you do work on your pinch grip yeah you know and, and especially yeah and so you've got to vary it mix it up don't keep doing the same things uh, if you were looking at support strength, what would what, what one thing be that you would want to do? You know, I bring up those those kettlebell swings or kettlebell snatches. I'd say kettlebell swings are great or, you know, Dennis talked about hanging. If that's more accessible for you, then I would say hang on a pull-up bar for time. If you can, you know, you can hang for a minute. I think that's a good starting place. And for some people, you may have to keep your feet on the ground. Right. You know, start there, you know, and that's one thing. That's one of the reasons why um, our monkey hangs are such a big part of our system is, you know, it's you're kind of in a deloaded position because your legs are on the ground or your, your shins are on the ground or you're in a chair, but you are hanging and you're hanging more of the rope grip. But this is kind of like an entry level way into maybe getting into a pull up bar yeah, because we don't want to overstimulate. We don't want to create too much stimulus, right? We need to have that adaptation. Uh, so we want to make sure with with the sticks, it's a great way to introduce that. Uh, allow the central nervous system to be receptive to the input and what it's and the feedback that it's getting, uh, so that the tissues can really start to adapt. And, re, and once again, folks, uh, most of the industry is always talking about muscles. Always talking about muscles. But your connective tissue, your fascia, is really should be at the top of your objectives as far as training. Because when most injuries happen, it's the connective tissue that's getting that's that's suffering the injury. So, and always remember, because you don't get the blood flow in the connective tissue that you get in the muscles, the muscles are always going to heal way quicker. They're going to recover way quicker than your connective tissue and your fascia. So keep that in mind and always keep that at the top of your list when you're, when you're doing this, this type of uh, strength training. Yep. And then as far as pinch strength, we can always do... You know, if, if you have access to, I mean, plates, like barbell plates or yeah. Olympic plates, um, that's a good way to start. Uh, you know, I personally have um, this little pinch block it's got a rope on it, and then we have, um, what is it, a loading pin, and you can put plates on there. Um, and the, the pinch grip's probably like, I want to say two and a half to three inches wide. So you're really working um, a wide hand position, working the extensors. Um, and that's a great way, uh, you know, to have that loading pin. You can start as light as five pounds and work your way up to, you know, I don't know, I mean, if you get up to, 45 pounds with a, with a wide grip then that's pretty good um the hard thing with a really light plate 
like a five pound plate, your pinch grip is going to be pretty narrow. Um, as opposed to, and it takes a lot of strength to be able to, you can't just start out at a, a 45 pound plate. So no, no. Yeah. yeah. So maybe, you know, you could go to home Depot, get a two by four, put a hole in it, you know, tie a rope to it and then, you know, attach it to some weight, start there. The other thing to, uh, I think some other options too, some great options are, uh, pinching your kitchen counter. Yeah, that's a good right? one too. Yeah, uh, especially for people that that don't have a lot, are really starting at a really low baseline. Yeah, I mean, super low baseline. Just go up to your kitchen counter, put your fingertips on it, and just compress the kitchen counter. Your brain's gonna signal, right? Your brain is gonna tell you when it's too much. As you start to pinch a little bit harder, your brain's gonna send those messages. It's gonna say, eh, "Eh, I think it's a little too much," and then you have to be willing to listen to it. Right. Yeah. It gotta be, it's self-regulating. It's going, okay, I need to stay right at this level of intensity of how hard I'm compressing or gripping or pinching this kitchen counter. Uh, the other thing that I like to do too, is whether it's with a stick mobility stick or whether it's just a, a PVC dowel or just a broomstick, just pinch the stick there between your fingers and then slowly start to move the stick around. You can, you know, you can do flexion extension through the wrist as you're doing the pinch strength. You can, you can do some circular motions, some uh, gliding motions, abduction, adduction. Those are great things that, to do also. And a stick is going to be relatively light load. Yeah. Yeah. Another great way um, kind of reminded me is if you grab a yoga block, yep. you can do the exact same thing and you kind of have this, that wide handhold. Another great thing is you get stronger with a yoga block is you can partner up and do like pinch grip tug of war. Yes, right? You know. Great stuff. Great, great stuff. And then, the, well, the other thing too is that we can't forget too is your extensors. Yeah. Right? So sometimes people get carried away on overtraining the flexors and then they disregard the extensors. Yeah, so the pinch grip gets a lot of the extensors, but another great way is to, you know, starting out, just grab a rubber band, put it around your fingers, um, you know, as you build up, because that's that's only going to get you so far. Uh, God, what are they called? They called like eagle talons or something. Is that what they're all, they are? Yeah, I so, know. We, well, uh, you and I like we like iron, physical industries. Iron Mind, right? Iron, iron Mind. Mind. So iron Mind yeah, has these iron um, Mind. has these loops, um, and you same thing. You attach them to a loading pin. You put your fingers in, and and what you have to do is you have to to keep the the weight up you got to spread your fingers right so instead of pinching you're spreading your fingers out and then you try to lift the weight off the ground so that's a really great way to train the extensors and you can get pretty heavy on those too yeah but what's interesting for most people uh putting a two and a half or a five pound plate on the end of that pin is a lot of stimulus a lot of stimulus for a lot of people because we're so used to typing we're so used to texting and i mean most of the things you do you're you're using your your flexors right just driving so we don't train these extensors nearly enough yeah and so that's uh and then one of the oldest things that we see and we see a lot is people talking about sand working putting your hands in a bucket of sand Oh, that's great. Yeah, sand or a rice bucket. Rice bucket. Uh, Sand typically works really well. You don't have to worry about bugs 
Uh, if you get rice, you're going to have to replace the rice every once in a while because oh, yeah. you are going to get some little critters that are going to be growing in there. So just be, don't be surprised if you get a bucket of rice and all of a sudden three months later, you're like, holy crap, there's stuff living in the rice. It is, <laughs> it is a food source, folks, okay? So if you want to avoid that, uh, you can go to Home Depot or any of your local hardware stores. You can buy, they usually sell 50-pound bags of sand. Yeah. Uh, put them in a bucket. And you want to make sure that this that you got enough sand in there that you can get a good amount of your for, uh, sand uh, over your forearm, right? So you don't want to be just – you start really shallow at the top, but then as you get stronger, you should be able to dig that hand down deeper into the bucket to get – the top of the sand level should be able to climb up the forearm. Yeah. And then you start to do the same exact things, rotation, flexion, extension, abduction, adduction – pinching the sand, gripping the sand, crushing the sand, and then opening up your hand in the sand and doing all that work also. So don't don't neglect the extensors just thinking it's all about the flexors either. So there's got to be that Goldilocks uh, complex to it where you're looking for that nice balance to everything. So uh, I think that's about it, right, brother, as far as... Uh, yeah, I mean... Um... You know, like we talked about earlier, if you do have access and you do want to get to a rock climbing gym, that's, you know, we think that's the absolute best way to train your grip. But if not, then use these little tips, you know, find find cheap ways to do it and efficient ways to do it with some of the things that we gave you here. Yeah, I think uh, what I love to do, too, is and it's people look at me sometimes a little weird. And I, don't, I don't give a crap uh, if if I'm in a subway or on a bus or something, like I stand up and grab the the handles, you know, I just hang from those. I, I'll even keep my feet on the ground, but I'll put most of my weight onto my arms. And then as the bus is moving or the tram or whatever it is that I'm moving, I'm adjusting in, in mid motion with that. So yeah, I can feel that uh, reaction all the way down into the shoulders. I can feel the scaps moving around, the lat engaged as it's going under that momentary uh, tension and then release as, as the weight shifting around. So I think that's a great benefit too. So any little chance that I get to be able to hang here and there, I I'd usually jump on it and take that opportunity. So yeah. uh, it definitely beats just sitting there and, and with your, you know, with your eyes on the phone and doing pretty much nothing, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much nothing you know uh so make your time efficient man don't uh i i had a client once i told him i said hey, next time you're out hiking i said uh if you see a tree and you know i said hang from a tree branch and it's kind of and he was like i can do that and i'm like yeah bro it's a tree dude like you got hands <laughs> your arms work like just hang from it it's okay you know, like Mother Nature's not going to come around and give you a ticket for hanging on a tree. Like No, it'll, it'll just tell you if your hands are weak or not. Right? Exactly. Oh. Especially with the bark. Yeah. Get that texture. Oh, man. Talk about a little rough skin, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. Any last thoughts? Uh, train your grip because you don't want a weak handshake. Yeah. No. Oh. No dead fish handshakes yeah, out those there. Those are horrible. Horrible when you grab somebody's hand and they're all like, eh. you're like, man, grab that hand and uh, yep. you're gonna go, right? So, and just remember, next time you're hanging on a ledge, can you hang there and hang out for a little bit till somebody comes by to help you out, right? So, until next time, I'm Dennis. I'm Neil. We're out. Peace.